This is the Contractor's Corner podcast series from Solar Power World. Welcome to another edition of Solar Power World's monthly podcast, Contractor's Corner. I'm editor and host Kelly Pickerel, and I'd like to start us off talking a little bit about our sponsor, DuPont. For over 40 years, DuPont PV materials have delivered proven performance and lasting value. You can find more information on DuPont's involvement in the PV industry at DuPont.com. Thanks again to DuPont for sponsoring today's Contractor's Corner podcast, and let's get right into this month's edition. For this July 2018 edition of Contractor's Corner, we are talking with Sean Kenny. He is CEO of Fresco Solar, based in Morgan Hill, California. So nice to have you here today, Sean. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Good to be here. Tell me a little bit about Fresco Solar. What kind of projects are you guys working on? Okay, so um, right now we're wrapping up some fire stations that there have been remodeled uh, in the East Bay here. Uh, by the way, Morgan Hill is just south of San Jose. It's at the bottom end of Silicon Valley. Um, we have a crew working on some carports in the North Bay. And today, uh, literally today, we started uh, loading material onto the roof of a machine tool factory in San Jose. Um, that'll be a rooftop ballasted array. Uh and then going forward over the next year or so, that's kind of typical of our mix, a mix of public works projects, um, industrial facilities, and carports. Okay. That's what we do. Okay, yeah, so mostly just larger projects, I guess, not really residential? Or? <sighs> yeah, we, we, ver- we do occasional residential jobs. You know, they, they just come in over the transom, but we're not focused on it. We're not a consumer marketing company. We don't go out looking for residential work. Sometimes uh, d- developers will come to us who are overloaded and ask us to do 10 or 20 houses for them at a time. Mm-hmm. So we're familiar with residential too. Okay. So how many employees do you have and, and do you have to subcontract out? So there's about 20 of us full-time on the staff. Um, we don't subcontract out very much. When we initially got into the carport business, we would subcontract the construction of the steel and concrete carport part of it. But we've taken that in-house at this point. Um, we just buy the steel, and we have you know, uh, invested in quite a bit of machinery for erecting the carports themselves. So no, there's not much subcontracting with us. Um, you know, Under the California um, State Licensing Board um, scheme of things, we are a general contractor, an electrical contractor, and a solar contractor. We have all three licenses. Mm-hmm. So we're pretty independent um, and standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the solar carports. I know you guys do a lot of them. What kind of led you to do more of these carport projects? Well, um, a while ago, a local winery asked us to to do an installation for them, and it was kind of a situation where they didn't really want to sacrifice any of their valuable agricultural land. So we ended up coming up with a design that was like a carport but was sitting on top of their water towers. Um, and we we had to do this ourselves because nobody else was really interested. And that taught us how to build carports from scratch. Um, then we had an opportunity with a developer that we worked with for a long time to do a fairly large uh, carport uh, array in a private college in Stockton, California, about 550 kilowatts, so about uh, I believe about 1,600 panels. And we thought, well, we have this down now. We 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 know what the costs are. We know how long this is going to take us. And so we put together a bid and, and won it. So that's really what got us jump-started in the carport business. And we've been continuously doing carports ever since. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, and I saw, I was, you know, searching through YouTube, and I saw a video of you guys um, installing adhesive, flexible, thin film modules on a metal roof. And so I was just wondering, are you still using those types of products? Do you have a preference for a type of panel? Well, um, let me, okay, first of all, we, we don't have any real preference on panels. We're pretty agnostic. So for our typical carport or rooftop jobs, we'll just basically go with whatever the sweet spot is in the market. And that tends to just incrementally move forward all the time. So right now, the sweet spot for commercial 72-cell panels is maybe 340, 345-watt panels. They'll have the best price per watt. And over the, over the course of the next couple of quarters, there, that'll move upwards. It'll be 350s, 355s, 360s. So, I mean, that's typically how we design. We just say, okay, what's out there? Um, what can we buy at the best, most economical price? And it basically comes down to manufacturing yields out of the factories in China. So... Other than that, we don't really care um, as long as it's a reputable brand. We really haven't had very many problems with, with uh, solar panels themselves. So that's kind of where we stand. The only time we would uh, diverge from that, if I go back to the four fire stations I talked to you about, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the contract there was to put a certain percentage of their output on the roof within a certain confined space that we were allowed to use. So that's one of a bunch of situations that will come up from time to time where you have to use a higher energy density panel to, to achieve the result. Um, in that case, we used LGs, um, LG, you know, there's sun power, there's LG and there's Panasonic all make a way above average density. In other words, uh, kilowatts per square foot panels and they're more expensive, but there are situations where you have to go that route. Mm-hmm. So to go back to your, um, the, the video that you saw on YouTube, um, that's a couple of years ago. Um, what we were doing there, uh, is we, we had been awarded a contract to put solar on a child care center down on the Central Coast. Now, here in California, um, you know, schools and, and colleges are controlled by what's called the DSA, the Department of the State Architect. So, you know, and they're very, very um, strict. So since this was the roof of, you know, a building with lots of small kids in it, um, they took a very um, conservative position on the weight of the panels that could be installed. I mean, usually under California building codes, we can put flush-mounted panels on any roof. But in this case, you know, they, they weren't even buying into that. So we had to use what you saw us using, which is a, a peel-and-stick lightweight panel um, that you, you basically you saw. What we did was kind of roll it on between the standing seams and the metal roof. So that was, again, a, a specific solution to a specific uh, technical challenge. Mm-hmm. We have some other um, examples of doing that. Um, we designed and installed the solar um, off-grid solar power for uh, the Bristlecone National Forest Visitor Center, which is a visitor center way up in the Sierras that during the winter is kind of buried in you know five feet of ice and snow. So no conventional racking system would survive. So again, we switched to a uh, a peel and stick uh, panel that's 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 you know able to just bear the weight of of the ice, mm-hmm. but it's a very really a very niche solution, Kelly. It, um, it it's not as efficient. I mean, if you talk about you know high density uh, energy density panels. These ones are really low. Uh, they're thin film panels, and and the the output per square foot is is very low compared to the conventional panels we have today. So yeah, um, Morgan Hill, like you said, it, it's kind of in the edge of the Silicon Valley area. So what is the general opinion of solar where you are? 
Well, I mean, this is a great location to be in. You know, Silicon Valley, the people here are very progressive. You know, we don't have very many climate change denialists. Um, and, you know, some, some of the business, the business opportunities we have are actually, okay, so it's kind of the supply chains of the companies that want to be seen to be green. So let me explain. So we don't do any business directly, say, with Apple, but we have installed solar on the roofs of companies that produce components for Apple because Apple themselves have made enormous investments in, you know, using green power. And so they, they, they expect um, their, their suppliers to do the same thing. So lots and lots of opportunity there. Similarly, um, uh, we've done some fish processing plants and bakeries, and these would be people who are supplying to supermarket chains like Whole Foods or Costco who again are you know very green companies themselves um and of course in the food business i mean you know uh it's kind of an oxymoron to say i want you know farm to table or organic food but then to use um you know carbon emission type power stations to to power the whole thing mm-hmm. so so they're, they're they're good opportunities um and so that's that's kind of where most of our business comes from those kind of mid-sized businesses that uh you know, are profitable, can take advantage of all the tax benefits and have, you know, a specific agenda because of the vertical market they're in that they, they need to switch over to, to renewables. Mm-hmm. Since you're working with kind of larger projects and, and businesses, what is the energy storage and like battery conversation like with those types of customers? Do they want it? Yeah. Um, I mean, we're still only getting started in that area. Um, there's a couple of things going on. One is that, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, if everybody around the country is familiar with this, because it's kind of specific to California. We have a phenomenon called the duck curve, D-U-C-K, duck curve. Um, And what it really is, is a projection of the profile of California's energy load going into the future. So what's happening is as more and more solar gets deployed, the the sort of bell curve that used to peak in the, the afternoons is flattening out. But what's left is what they call the head of the duck in the evening. Um, so between you know 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., when people are still running air conditioners, but solar has lost its power, um, you have this, this peak load, uh, and that's going to get worse. So that will soon drive a, a mandate that we, w- we will have to in- include energy storage in, um, in every project. So we're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Um, another driver on energy storage here is that we have um, our big utilities have uh, tariffs that include demand charges. So you're not just paying for the electricity you consume. You're paying for the fact that you had a peak load of whatever amount it was, and the utility takes the position, we had to have all that power available for you, even though you only used it for 15 minutes. So you're charged you know, based on 15-minute interval data. Uh, they look at you know what was your peak demand, and you get a, you get a, a, a big charge for that. So we have customers where we put in enough solar that it covers all their kilowatt hours, but of course it doesn't cover it linearly, and so they're they're left with these demand charges, and they are people that we're actively talking to about energy storage systems because that would solve it. Yeah. Where does the return on solar make the most sense for your customers? Is it replacing old generators or charging electrical vehicles what are you what are you saving them well 
for our customer base, our, I mean, our best candidates or opportunities are, as I said, profitable mid-sized businesses, um, industrial commercial businesses, who have a tax burden. Because part of the way that, that this has a quick return on investment is if you can use the um, 30% federal tax credit, and if you can depreciate the system quickly. So if you have, if you're paying enough taxes that you can use, let's say you spend a million dollars on solar and you can take the $300,000 federal tax credit and you can depreciate it at a, an effective tax rate of, I mean, it's gone down a little bit since the federal uh, tax laws, the Republican tax laws, but let's say it's, it's another 30%. Um, then you can cover 60% of the cost of the project. And th- those are the people that are easiest to, you know, to, to persuade to make a big capital investment like that. Hmm. Seems to be more of just kind of a, a marketing, a, a, a good good story, or just saving money that way. That's kind of what your customers are getting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think if you can, you know, walk into a, a boardroom or a conference room and, and pitch a project that has a payback of less than four years, mm-hmm. you know, and has an ROI that's going to stretch out for twenty five years, that's kind of that'll get their attention, and and we do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know you don't really do a lot of residential, but um, with this new mandate that all new homes being built in California will have to have solar, are, is Fresco Solar going to try to take advantage of that situation? You know, um, we'll see. So here's really the way, I mean, and this is already happening, by the way. It's now statewide, but sort of more advanced, affluent, green-leaning communities have had these kinds of rules in place for quite a while. Um, you know, here in Morgan Hill, there's a point system for getting permits and, you know, people who are going to have homes that, that exceed Title 24, that exceed uh, all these requirements, or that basically are zero net energy, best of all, um, go to the top of the queue. So, so it's easier to, to get permits to build if, if you're building solar-powered homes. However, you know, all of these uh, tracked home builders have their own uh, subcontractors and you, both the roofers and the electrical contractors that work and are, are specialized in this kind of, you know, mass production of, of homes see this as a growth opportunity. So, you know, roofing companies that are organized to do 100 roofs in a row, um, this is, you know, a, a big growth opportunity for them. And similarly with residential electrical contractors who have the crews in place already to, to go after one home after another um, we're not really organized that way. We're more of a specialty boutique design build commercial firm. So while it's attempting, uh, you know, new opportunity, frankly, I haven't found a way into it yet. <laughs> you think this is going to be the big push? I mean, is this, this mandate, that's what's going to get more solar adoption in California? It's going to be the big driver? I believe so, yeah. Um, it's another 40,000 homes a year. You know, it's about what the starting rate for, for new homes is right now. Uh, on top of, you know, selling out to the, excuse me, existing aftermarket of, of roofs. Uh, I do think that, that, uh, as I said, you know, commercial and industrial businesses will continue, uh, down this path pretty relentlessly. Uh, power is expensive in California and, it's not going to get any less expensive. So I think we're on a good path. I think we're, I see no end in sight to the growth. 
That's good because California, you know, leads the country. So that's what we want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it'll, it'll continue to, to, to do that. It will. You know, it'll, 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 as far as I know, it has the most solar of any state. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, it's possible Hawaii has a bigger percentage of its energy converted at this point, but, you know, California is, what, we 40 million people and Hawaii is three. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I, th- I think we will be the biggest market. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what's Fresco Solar's plan for the next few years? What do you guys want to accomplish? We want to uh, multiply in size. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we are quite experienced. We have a good reputation. We have plenty of repeat and referral business. We have plenty of good relationships with developers. So really, Kelly, just more of the same, but just a lot more of it. Uh, you know, n- now that we've mastered carports, I mean, that really is, you know, in dollars, that's, that's the biggest part of our business. And, and we see, I mean, we have more carports booked. Uh, we, we'll be busy building carports nose to tail well into next year, probably the year after. Mm-hmm. That's good to hear. Okay. Well, thanks, Sean, for talking to me today. It was nice to get to know you. You too, Kelly. This has been another edition of Contractors Corner. Join us each month as editor Kelly Pickerel chats with solar installers across the country. Thanks for listening to the Solar Power World podcast. Visit us online to hear more great podcasts, view industry videos, and read our great editorial content. SolarPowerWorldOnline.com. See you back here next month.